Welcome to another No Gear Required. And um, when I have that idea to, people push me to have a podcast and I contact my dear friend Jay Zabalos and said, Jay, we have to find something that people tell the story of Jiu-Jitsu from, from the beginning, right in Brazil. And here today I have someone that I, I grew up watching him, competing, watching him doing his jiu-jitsu back in the early days in Brazil. If I remember something around the early 80s from that time. And the amazing thing is the people from that generation, it's incredible how the longevity they have in jiu-jitsu. You see people that coming a little bit after they're already gone. And I think something special that that generation from the 80s until 90s, they still active teaching jiu-jitsu. It, it's incredible. I have here with me Kaiki. Kaiki is, I would say, I call Kaiki because he's my friend, but it's Master Kaiki. He is one of the eight black belts outside the Grace family that got promoted by Master Grandmaster Elio Gracie. This is amazing. Amazing, Kaiki. This is, you're among a very few and I did not know that until recently. And uh, that is incredible too, is you learn jiu-jitsu right from the people that create jiu-jitsu. It must be a difference from the beginning of your jiu-jitsu lifetime until today time. You've been doing jiu-jitsu for how long, Kaiki? Oh, a long time. I think I lost the account. I'm years in years. And, and, oh, by the way, congratulations. I just heard your grandpa now. Yeah, oh, yeah. man, this is such a joy, you know. <laughs> I tell you, sometimes I stop to think about I say, oh, this thing is going to start again. But now I can do different, you know, because I can send it back home. <laughs> it's a little less responsibility. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but yeah, I can only do the positive things, you know what I mean? I'm going to be the good guy now. I've been the bad guy for a long time. Now I'm going to be the good guy, you know? So And that's amazing, too, is Master Kaik is a black belt under Helio Gracie, and he is a coral belt under Hickson Gracie. That means what better lineage we can get. Oh, yeah, this is great. This is great. I actually, I got promoted at, to black belt at the the Grace Academy in Rio de Janeiro. You might have, right? Yes, and uh, we move around a lot. You know, I start jujitsu with the Helson, yeah, Elio's, Elio's son, and uh, I. It was great because at that time it was magical. All right, so we go training far away, and we all think about jujitsu, and and it was great. And then we move around a lot. Harrison moved to the United States. And uh, on the beginning of my purple belt, I started to train at the Helios Academy in a, in a, in center of the Rio de Janeiro, in, downtown, in downtown Rio, Rio. De Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. And there was nobody there, you know. So I have the privilege to train with the Hickson. He's like me and a couple other guys that we getting smashed like every day, and that thing was a learning lesson for oh, us, God, you know? Yeah. So it was good because, hey, we get him beat up, da, 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 but we start to have a good defense. And Jean-Jacques, I remember one episode that stayed in my mind because I have so much admiration for Carlos Gracie and Nelly Gracie, you know? And uh, one day I was in his house, Carlos Gracie's house in, Ter in Teresopolis, and I was practicing with his son crawling. And he was attacking me, and the old man was watching. And then we stopped, and he like, oh, he have a good defense. He say that about me, and I say, yeah, it's being smashed <laughs> <laughs> over there on downtown. I'm being smashed all the time, so I gotta survive. Try to survive, you know. So yeah, so I got up, I got up promoted to black belt. By Elio and Hickson, they were the heads of the academy there at the Mai Tai at that time. And then uh, the family moved to the U.S. after for a while and, and all these processes start, you know. So. But I got to say something. Do you remember when I started training a lot with Hickson and both of us had that privilege? You, you more than me, you were with him for many more years. But uh, against like one-on-one class, and 
learning from him and get smashed by him every class and understand what jiu-jitsu actually is. And, and I heard from so many people that the most technical student of the Hickson Grace student was Kaiki. I remember that. I think it was about brown belt, when you were brown belt. And I remember that. It's like, man, I got to meet this guy. And I think in the tournament, correct me if I'm wrong, I saw you having some battles with uh, Zebeleza. Yeah, I have some battles with Zebeleza. And I used to see, it's like, man, it's... I uh, even, I even uh, uh, competed with Higan too one time. Man, this, oh, wow. you know? Yeah, and uh, and many others, you know, the the the... The fact, like, I was good in one thing, Jean-Jacques, it was a visitor. A visitor show up, I was good to go for, you know? So that, I I was pretty, like, very confident. Oh, the guy show up. Oh, I want to And in Brazil, people got to understand, once you have somebody from another school that comes to your school, it's like a war. You gotta give the welcome. You gotta you know? give a welcome <laughs> that okay. Yeah, so I have this mentality, you know, but the, but um, since we progress much more in terms of a methodology on how to pass the knowledge, how to do the things. So I'm not like I, I, I kept that mentality on the on the closet, you know what I mean? It's just like when you have someone that already have jiu-jitsu, knows jiu-jitsu, and I, okay, so hey, go train with my son or go, you know. So you want to see, I more want to see how they perform than I really want to see them get beat up. You know what I mean? Understood, yes. Yeah, so. so. It's amazing to me, and I have uh, the curiosity to, and along the years training jiu-jitsu, and I know you develop a, a very good friendship with uh, Uncle Helio Gracie. How, how was that? How was the conversations? How were the advices, the knowledge that just with a conversation with him impact you in your life? Oh, impact a lot. Impact a lot. You know, I, I, I on the long run of jiu-jitsu, I heard many times, many advices, you know, and... I think we talked about this before. Uh, one example, good example I have is uh, uh, we have a visitor came to the academy. I was purple belt and the guy was a black belt. And that day I kind of feel like, whoa, what I need to do? Because I got beat up by this guy completely. The guy did a katagurum on me, man, and crushed me with the head on the ground. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? You know? So Elio called me after the training because he, he was watching, you know? And he said, look, this will be the last time this guy is going to do this with you. So next time, you already saw what's going on in his game. So just play your game. And it was incredible because after that, I start to tap the guy. You know, every time he come in, I train with him, I tap him. I train with, and I say, oh, okay, so this is working now, you know? In many other episodes, I was able to, to get knowledge from him in terms of how to make my game better and how to understand. And one, one thing is that probably you, you did that many times too, Jean-Jacques, was like, he said, okay, mount on me here. And, and Almost every and beginning of the training. Yeah, it was impossible to put the second hand. One hand, he let me do it. And the second hand was like not going anywhere. You know, it's like, okay, I'm trying. You know, it's, it's something that not only proved me his technique work, but it was giving me knowledge on, on how to protect myself too, huh? So and, and, and I think after a while I understand that when you learn how to defend yourself, you became very dangerous in jiu-jitsu. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and, and uh, we uh, like this is something I hold on my life forever that was this close relationship I have with the man I admire so much. And, and for me was the bravest man that I ever met. All right? So a lot of things he was doing, was like many times I came to talk to him and say, oh, you know, 
this thing happened, da da da, and he would tell me like, hey, you know, do like this or go like that, and that ideas or that uh, uh, advices he gave me, it really helped me, you know, in many other situations. So, uh, um, and we went to the market many times. You remember the oh, market Seattle? was far away. Oh yeah, that was an adventure for me that I yes. love it. Oh my goodness! I say, oh. Professor, you go in there and, oh, I go with you. You go alone, driving, like crazy driving, all right? <laughs> I remember his cars all oh, smashes and everywhere oh, man, in corners. Oh, driving fast and like, <laughs> boom, go, 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 go. The people you know? got to realize, too, is it's a big family. Seaza was a market that even the supermarkets buy the groceries there. To bring back to the supermarket. I mean, we go there, we buy 10 watermelons, boxes of papaya, boxes of apple, oh, boxes yeah. of everything. It was a, everyone has a station wagon, almost a truck, or if it's not, they put yeah. <laughs> cars. And, 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 and I think it is, Janjaki, it gave us uh, a better health for today. Uh, life, you know, because yeah. we have this base of idea already of a good nutrition. This was very advanced for that time. We were ready for what is happening today, early 80s. Yeah. We're ready for this. It was very advanced for this time. You think about what you eat, you think about what is good for you, what is not. So I don't see any of us eating uh, fry, uh, uh, pig any eater, fast food or, or, any, yeah. any. or eating hamburger and a McDonald's. <laughs> Well, we're just athletes focus on nutrition and things. Today, of course, there is more knowledge about that. But at that time, that was very vanguard. It was like a, a really do something. You, do you think the generation of the, the decade of the 80s, especially in Rio de Janeiro, had such an impact and influence from the, the Gracie family back those days in changing so many habits from people to become healthier, to understand what jiu-jitsu lifestyle actually is. They well, think that decade was one, to me, is the golden time of jiu-jitsu because like you, many other instructors from that generation is still very healthy, oh, yeah. own several jiu-jitsu schools around the world, still oh, yeah. teaching. And we see a younger generation that come after, they have their boom, and they're gone. Oh, yeah. I think the knowledge of that time was different than the knowledge people learn today. Well, how do you see the jiu-jitsu from the early days of your jiu-jitsu and the present jiu-jitsu in terms of understand what jiu-jitsu actually is? Yeah. Well, okay, so during our generation, we uh, were not a large group. Huh? So no. we have much more... Uh, possibilities to absorb this knowledge. That Just was, tell me when you go to the class, who are the instructors on the mat? In in in, in, in your in, class, when you go to who's teaching the class? How many instructors? A while, there? A, a while ago. Yeah, and when you were in Brazil learning. Oh yeah. So who was on the mat with you? A uh, Hickson. You have Hickson. And, and Elio Gracie was there all the time too. And and uh, that's it. Yeah, amazing. It. And few other students, and and I think is based on that. What did you learn back then that you don't see people learning today? Well, I don't see people learning too much of the self defense aspect of the jiu jitsu. And at that time, we learned jiu jitsu because we want to know how to defend ourselves. It wasn't like, okay, I'm going to learn jiu-jitsu because I want a medal at the tournament. That, yeah, it wasn't that many tournaments anyways. Yeah, it wasn't too many because it was a lot of street fights. So we could be dashed without to be in a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the tournaments are a great way for the students to test themselves. There is no punch, but you're facing someone that you never knew before. Mm -hmm. A lot of people... I say the majority of people get really upgrade on their confidence, on their life by doing that, you know? So um, I, I, I see that this aspect was a little fall behind, you know? 
Even on professional fights today, I saw a fight between two guys another day. This guy uh, from the Bronx. Yes. Or something, the Bronx. Yes. Yeah, he, he was really agile, really fast, with the good knowledge of Jiu-Jitsu, right? But I see his opponent wasn't having that same knowledge he had. So even on the professional thing, these aspects of basic Jiu-Jitsu, how to control, how to defend yourself, how to, to keep it, uh, set up a submission, you know, I see these aspects are going away for more like, oh, okay, I got to do this fancy move or I got to do this other technique that's like. So for these guys that compete, many times I see they lack in a basic, just basic technique. They, they, you know? Are they missing... Yeah, the fundamentals of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, fundamentals, fundamentals. I, I remember one thing Uncle Hill used to say is like, if you have a strong base, foundation, your jiu-jitsu can grow as a building to 100 floors. Oh, yeah. If you don't have a strong foundation, you cannot go too high. Yeah. And, and, and I never forgot that. Because like, then it makes me understand, they better know how to escape from the mount, they better know how to control the mount. Oh, yeah. I will make my jiu-jitsu better as I train. And he specifically mentioned the better foundation you have, the highest your building will be. Yeah, it, it, it's like you, um, we are talking about that uh, sometimes the, the students, they forget about this. Uh, even the instructors, you know, the problem is the instructors Instead, to they give this good foundation, they prefer to go to the, the start from the middle to the end, or start to you know what I mean? Yes. So a lot of schools do that, but on the reality, this foundation is what is going to build the the whole building. You know. So so one thing he Elio Gracie used to tell me too, and I never forgot. And I was kind of impressed to, surprised to hear this from him. He say, I can learn with a white belt today. So, you know, oh, he did this move, oh, I'm going to look. And, and so that is, when you hear something from a master like that, and you say, oh, okay, so he have the thought. Sometimes people think, oh, El Gracie stick on this old thing. No, it's not that. You see, by him tell me, I learned with a white belt. Oh, because white belt moving did some move that maybe he don't think about, or maybe he feel comfortable to to do it. And he was, was he, different than ordinary. That yeah, he look and he say, oh, this might be oh this technique. I gotta look into that. So. You know, do, do you think today, I think the process of people, evidently we have the technology that I guess a lot of people think is speed up the process of ranking and getting promoting belts. And I think in our generation, we're never in a hurry to get promoted because we never knew when we're going to get promoted. Today, the feeling that I have is, it's like somebody giving you a book and the book has 20 chapters. A lot of these people, they read three, four chapters and they become black belts. Yeah, I know, I know. They probably are very good mechanically using the technique, but they did not spend enough time learning more the whole process of how to teach jiu-jitsu to someone. Yeah. It's like I'm going to university first year, then I become a doctor. How good doctor I'm going to be? How oh, am I yeah. going to be doing with my... Patience. Yeah. And I think today is a little bit like this. People are in such in a hurry that they don't want to read the whole book. Oh, no. Just, and, just and read it's the beginning. And, and it becomes embarrassing because, like, I was watching this guy video on uh, YouTube. The video graphics are great. So he have a good equipment. He just don't have knowledge. Because it was really embarrassing to watch what he was doing. I look and I say, man, this guy, look at this guy. So you can see it's a person that didn't take the time to learn it, to practice, to make sure 
he's effective in what he's doing. Like I was telling you, John Jack, on our time in that training, we don't ever think about a brown belt's gonna tap in me. You get to certain level that you say, I can play with everybody here and and I don't care. I can just defend myself. I can go and attack, submit him. I remember many times I was training with the guys and without to put this in a in a way that was like a, a derogatory or yeah, minimizing yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. guy, I say, how you want to tap? And, and the guy said, okay. I said, I'm going to catch you in the arm. And, and that was a strategy I used actually on my training a lot, was to go to the school and say, okay, today I'm going to let these guys catch me on the back. You need to keep your pride. One thing I heard from Jean-Jacques one day that I kept in my mind too, you need to keep, because we used to do this, but we don't know we are doing this. You need to keep your pride outside. So when I go to train, I say, I'm going to let the guys catch me on the back today. Let them put the hooks and they come in. So you start to learn how to defend yourself. You get so confident that you say, okay, hey, you know, I'm going to let them catch me my arm because I want to practice this. Turn around and end it up on top. You know? My brother actually told me that uh, something, a similar story one day. We were driving home from a competition and he said, you know, it's, it's interesting. He goes, you go into the academy and what, what's the sign? Leave your ego at the door. Like you, yeah. your ego does not belong on the mat. He goes, but when you compete, it's 100% ego. Oh, yeah. If oh, I can yeah. get you in 10 seconds, I will. He goes, but the, the competition mat is your, your arena, but your dojo, your academy, that's your laboratory. Oh, yeah. That's a good way to say, you know? So it, it, you should feel the freedom to just grow and learn. And he goes, I watch, he, he's, he told me this, he goes, I watch you tap all the time in training. A lot of the black belt competitors, you guys tap a lot because you're, you're learning and you're practicing new techniques and you're exploring. You let the, you let the, un, the, the lower rank belts catch you guys. And, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But when you go to the tournament, it's, it's a different animal, you know, yeah, but, but being able to, like you said, put your ego, put your pride aside and just understand that the more I do this, the more you're going to grow. Oh, yeah. This, this is something that I, I, I note in some situations, too. Another day, actually, I have a friend of mine that brought some students to our academy. And one of the, the guys trained with my son, my oldest son, Pedro. A guy much bigger than my son, all right? So he came on top and cross side him out right away. But I was watching, and just by playing a basic defense, my son was never in danger, all right? Never in danger. You, the guy tried here, tried there, go here, go there. And it never happened, and, and suddenly Pedro put him back into the guard. And I say, oh, now the game is going to change a little bit, all right? <laughs> but the time... It, got over, and I don't want to like say, okay, keep more time because these guys were going to compete or whatever, so I want to just, you know. But it does show me that once you develop your confidence, you're like, oh, I can come in, you know. To surprise is going to be a very small possibility, you know. But saying what Jean-Jacques saying about the belt back a little bit, we never thought about the belt. If I go back and I think, did I ever think about the belt? I never think about the belt. The belt was coming suddenly, or mostly like it is. You're going to be a purple belt if you beat all the blue belts, you know? Then you're going to be a brown belt if you start to beat all the purple belts, you know? And that was pretty much this. Nobody told me, but today I think about it, and I say, oh, so that thing is like, you know, I pass belts in some way. Uh, that was tested too. I was tested by Edu Gracie sometime. He put a guy and, okay, you guys go now and let's see how that go. You know, and and I got promoted there. was a, was a, a time to go. But, the, man, our belts were wearing out. 
We're lucky. And that's how we used to to kind of measure. Like, man, his belt is brand new. It's a new. He's a new. It's new in his belt. Yeah. yeah. Then you look at the other guy, man. His belt is turning. I don't know. All white. White yeah, from the that, bottom. That guy must be training a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. The, which, their belts which, go out from the bottom. With you no know? stripes or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and the, and the responsibility that comes with each belt. I always tell people that I'm like, yeah, do, that's do, it. Do you really feel like if you want that next belt? Do you really feel you're prepared to carry the responsibility that'll come with it? Because oh, yeah. you, if you're if you're used to training with beginners and now you want to be put to an advanced rank, you got to swim with the heavier training, harder training. And and as instructors and in upper belts, there is a, a certain adjustment we make. Somebody gets to their purple belt, I'm not going to train with them the same way I did when they were a blue belt. I'm going to push them Oh, more. more, yeah, yeah. You know, and you have to be emotionally ready for that. So yeah, the thing I use, Jay, usually I talk to the students about, and mostly to the association guys that we have a little bit away from us, is this: uh, uh, you uh, don't want to be embarrassed. You train, maybe you go visit the Jean Jacques School or visit the. Uh, some other schools, and you gotta be there, and you gotta show that you are on the rank you're wearing the belt for. That's where it's supposed to be. So it's embarrassing that you get there, and people say, "Oh, oh, this guy got this belt." You know what I mean? So I don't want that to happen to any of our students. So they need to be conscious about that. And the way I use that is say, "Look, you need to make sure you're not going to embarrass yourself." And not going to embarrass the school too, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, 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 for me, to give you like belt in a, in a ways that are we are talking about the other styles of martial art that kind of wear out a little bit. You just cheating on people, you know. I'm I'm cheating on you. I'm telling you you are something, but you really not because I want to take your money from. Yeah, and 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 you know, based on all these amazing stories I've been hearing about your upbringing. Um, I, 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 I tell a lot of our black belts the same thing within our association. I'm like, look, you know, I mean, the student may become a black belt under you, but never forget what that black belt means and who, who it represents. And again, going back to the lineage, like this, this carries so much value oh, yeah. because of the, where you came from and you're, you're paying respect and homage to your teachers before you. So that belt has to mean a lot more than just, well, you've been here three years or four years and here you go, or the check cleared, here you go. You know, it yeah, has yeah. to be deeper. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something we got to keep the standards, you know, high standards. L let me ask you something. Go back in time a little bit, Kaiki, is when was the beginning of you starting teaching jiu-jitsu? When that happened to you? When did you see like, man, I'm, I'm born for this. I want to start teaching jiu-jitsu. I want to pass on all the knowledge that I learned to make sure I have impact on other people's life the way jiu-jitsu impact yours. Yeah, so th this is an interesting story because as you know, I have my roots there with Elio Gracie and his sons for the whole my jiu-jitsu life. And one of the qualities I found on myself is a loyalty. I, I'm a loyal guy. I'm a loyal to my friends. I'm loyal to, to whatever I belong to. All right? So, and today I'm loyal to the USA. That took me by open arms, you know? And, and, and I appreciate this country here very much. So, I, uh, there was a time the family decided to move to the U.S., all right? So Horan was setting up the UFC and having all these visions for jiu-jitsu, you know, that, by the way, we all thankful for. And and uh, so the family say, oh, we all go to, you, to the to USA. US. So I told Elio Gracie, I say, oh, you guys all go. So I have been invited many times to join this other school. I think I go. Oh, which is cool? Carson Gracie. Oh, man, his hair kind of come up like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I say, but the professor, there's nobody going to be here. What are going to do? You know, I, this, that is the only school I see that I keep going with the family and going, you know. 
he said, oh, I'll talk to you uh, later. And uh, so later on, he said, okay, Hoke going to stay here. So you help him out. I said, okay. So then found a solution, huh? which was good for me too, because it was there that I belong and that's where I, I want to stay. So that's when I start to have my first experiences to kind of yeah, teaching, watch Hoke doing, you know, and, and understand the, all the, the methodology and all the uh, way to teach. So that was my first experience to start to learn how to teach. And then later on, I opened one Gracie school in Niterói on a city close by. I had a, a, a ranch, a cattle activity on Buzios that I would go. So it was perfect for me because I would make it's it that, way. Yeah, I would make it that triangle. I go to Rio for my business. Then I go to the academy. Then I go to the ranch and come back. There was something that I like, you know. It's, it's, it's also incredible how fortunately I've been doing what I love all my life. So I don't remember the day I wake up and I say, oh my God, I gotta go to work. Yeah. You know, always wake up motivated, doing what I like. Okay, oh, I gotta make this happen. I gotta make that happen. And it's something that I carry on my personality that make, make me proud, you know, because I, I, I'm a doer. I'm, I'm going and I got into a project, I got into this, got into that, make it happen. And listen to, to you saying that, and what made you move to U.S.? Well, well, you so... You had such a good thing going on for you, and suddenly, you know what, I'm going to go to America too. Yeah, so, so unfortunately, that's something that I advise my son, I advise everybody I know. The family is the more important thing for us. And you should keep your family because, you know, on most of the cases, uh, you're going to change uh, your marriage to another one. You're just going to change your address. And, and the problems are going to be the same, all right? So the family should be preserved at all costs. Unfortunately, I could not do that. And so I was like doing my thing, but a little bit off because the feeling of the family wasn't there anymore. So um, Elio Grace approached me and, and say, do you want to go teach in the U.S. for 15 days? It's just to help it there so Hoyce can go fight or go do his things, you know? I said, okay, I'll go. So I was like, you know, happy about the change and, and kind of. It was good for you. Yeah, and that. proud that he invited me to. I said, yeah. okay, he trusted on me and I go. So I came into the U.S. and I, I like it. And I said, well, I want to stay here. That 15 days turned to what, 30 yeah, years? Yeah, 30, 30 for 30 <laughs> years. You know? long 15 yes. days. At that time, there was these this documents and stuff. So I got a, this special visa that maybe you got through that too, just yes. like the, the athlete, the extraordinary ability, athlete and stuff. And then... I say, oh, apply, but I was thinking, Jean-Jacques, at that time, I said, man, if I don't get this, I'm going to Australia. And 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 Australia was like always in my mind Australia to go. is beautiful. Oh, yeah, because I've been surfing since a little kid, and I say, oh, Australia, I can combine these both things and, and Jiu-Jitsu and surfing. Less population. is a USA with 15 million people, all right? So, but the fortunate, the, the, the papers, everything worked well. And uh, I stay, I help the Grace Academy yeah, for, five for five years. Five years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You helped build up because I remember it was such an, I uh, was in a small room. I remember in Carson, I think. Then when you came in, was the school already in, in that bigger size? Yeah. Or you start when it was little? No, it was, was a big. They, they was had the second floor yeah. already. It was a basketball yeah. court. Yeah, that was pretty good. Actually, Hoda had a good uh, um, instructor program there. That was really good. The instructors were really well. Blue belts, but really well 
uh, made, you know, they were they are good instructors. Very basic techniques, very solid basic technique, but very well uh, uh, done. All right, so I was really impressed about that. They, they were really, really, and 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 good people. All them good people, you know, they they learn, they they respectful. They, it was great. It was great. What would say today? And one thing, one thing only, I gotta say. You know, the Machados, they uh, they didn't follow the mentality that Gracie has, like, oh, I'm going to have a bunch of kids so I can keep Jiu-Jitsu alive. But his father have only boys, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so they got all his Jiu-Jitsu, well, that's great. He's already made it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I never thought about that. But, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> so they got all boys, and like, okay, we have the team already. <laughs> and they pack with the Grace team, so that was great, you know? It was, it was like uh, my mom's sister was married to Grandmaster Carlos Gracie. That was his last wife. Then here we go, the influence. And her sister had six kids. I was telling my mom to have kids. But the good thing is, don't get me wrong, with five boys for jiu-jitsu is just perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was my training partners at home. Everywhere we go, it's like, oh, we yeah. always have someone to train with. Yeah. That was... Uh, and every day, and I think like you and uh, being so close to the Grace family and have so many cousins, it made oh, us, help you us, guys. us being a privileged situation to learn Jiu-Jitsu from the people who create Jiu-Jitsu, the people who have the knowledge from the person who... No, no, I think if you think about it, it's they not just create jiu I, I never learned Jiu-Jitsu. I would say we live Jiu-Jitsu. Oh yeah, I'm continuing oh, yeah. learning every day. But we lived all those moments. How many people that we know that went to Uncle Helio's ranch, have oh, a conversation yeah. with Carlos Gracie, and like you trained for many years, and he's training Hicks on one on one basically. How yeah. many people can say today had that opportunity? Oh, not too many. Yeah, not too many. Yeah, for that's for sure. That's for sure. And, and, and the one thing that uh, John Jackie. Uh, uh, was good because all of you guys became the top notch on jiu-jitsu, you know? That was like a, a time that Higgin was this top guy, and then Jean-Jacques came right behind. Oh, now I'm like on that level too. So that was really great, you know? And and, and, and we all learn from the same source, which I think it makes such a huge difference. I remember when um, Hickson started making a training for some of the family members that had their schools already, a couple of days a week, everybody get together. Yeah, and I yeah. think it was amazing. I look around and I see Hickson was teaching. Then you have Hoker, Hoyler, Hoyce. Then you have Uncle Helio there. Then you have Carlinhos, Crawling, Hansel, all my brothers. And it's like, man, how, how we cannot get good. And oh, yeah. then always some of the students on the school, like you and some other guys that are closer to the family, it's that. Yeah. I don't know. I was, I was drinking water from the fountain right there. Like yeah. it's so it, the only ones could not get good was the lazy ones. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Oh, I prefer to eat than train. Then, then it's like you know. <laughs> what was it like when you eventually? Because you eventually, uh, you know, um, moved on and and uh, opened your your school. And I remember those days in because, Brazil. No, no, here in, in the, the States, USA, yeah, yeah, in the yeah States. Yeah. When, um, you know, before we had all the social media, there was we we had the internet, we had message boards, so the news started to spread about this art. And you know, in the beginning, it was the Gracie Academy, and then and then you start to hear about the Machado brothers, and then uh -huh. when you moved on to start your own gym, that that was a, a big thing. It was like now another school, another another um, like really quality because that was the thing everybody was stressing like where are the good schools the legitimate schools where i can really learn but your situation and i'm not really familiar when you started your academy were you alone yeah i was alone i i you know the 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 ufc the whole structure on the on the grace academy um uh start to change a little bit and uh I wish I have a, even a more communication, like a clear communication with the heart. Because like I said to you, 
one of the biggest uh, um, wallets or one of the biggest like uh, 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 things that I carry with me is loyalty. All right, so I'm around the people. I'm I'm stick around and I say, okay, let's get this done. You know, or if the boat gonna sink, oh, let's sink together. That's okay. Yeah, we we, we all in that. That's why I'm saying that generation of the '80s. Most of people, and especially in the early days in our jiu-jitsu, is loyalty is the main thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, the things is start to kind of slow down, and uh, I feel the. Like I say, I, I, at that time, things could be a little different if I have a, we have a little bit of clear communication, but the, um, things start to slow down, and I feel the necessity that I have to move on because I even, by me doing that, I'm going to help Horan to, to kind of lower his cost and keep it going on his own ideas, his sons, they are growing up, you know, they both are very dedicated to jiu-jitsu, so they are taking the positions we have before. So I understand that. So I, I move on and I open one school in a, and I kind of hole in the wall. That place was like, a, we have a valetudo, we have a tournament, <laughs> we have everything there, you know? So, of course, if you ask me, Jay, oh, how many students you have? Because it was a rough place, not too many, <laughs> all right? <laughs> not too many. It was all these tough guys coming in, and, and, and or somebody come at the door. I said, mm, this is not for me. A doctor show up and look. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to somewhere else, you know what I mean? So, but in that kind of stuff, it start to change on my mind. I need to, to, to fit business with the integrity of jiu-jitsu. So I need to do something that will uh, 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 reach the whole population, all right? Reach a, a large uh, 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 amount of the population, and at the same time, keep this core that have these guys that, like, you know, defending the name and doing the, 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 army. the whole thing. So I started this school in... A, in Carson, in a was a martial art supplier. He have a warehouse on the back, you know. But he, I'm I'm very proud of myself on that because I start that and I work hard. I teach in the class. I do this. I was able to buy a facility that was much better and give us a huge upgrade later, you know. So that was pretty much what what happened, and and and. I always like, oh, you know, I got to open school. I, gotta, I even thought about to go different states, but my two kids, I was a single father raising these two guys, and they go to school next to my house. So, you know, I like, I, I got to stay around here and keep my eyes on these guys too. And so. So it was like, that was a heavy load. It wasn't oh. like, you know, like John Jacques and his brothers, fortunately, they could kind of lean on each other, but you, you, you took that big on my step. own, yeah, 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 yeah. And I and I and I I go to seminars, teaching seminars, and my friend doctor, he used to watch my boys when I go, all right. And but on the Fridays, I leave usually in the morning, go to the airport, so the kids in the school go meet my my friend on the end of the day. So one day the neighbor came to me, oh Carlos, do you? Did you notice your card is in a different spot when you come back? <laughs> I said, no, I did not. My son was 14, 15 years old, my son Pedro. Oh, you know, Pedro is known as a driver, the driver, or his other friends. He take your car. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, but, but this is one thing I carry with me, and you guys are... are family, people too, you you know that. What they're going to see in home is what they're going to be, no matter what. You know, that's going to influence them 80, 90%. So if you show in home that there is integrity, that is morality, that is, you know, 
compassion, friendship. Yeah, your values of. Yeah, that's how they're going to be. You know, as a father, I learned that. You know, they, they, what we impose to them, they rebel against. But what you do naturally, they're going to assimilate this later and they're going to copy you. You know, so, so I was, look, my, my older son was pretty wild. I kept him in a short leash because I knew I got to keep him out of the trouble. So my younger son was way more calm in even on the choice of friendship and stuff was more like laid back. All right. So I have to balance the things and I have to keep you watching. It was think, not easy and, and go teach you jitsu too. I think as the youngest ones, we see the older ones making so many mistakes. and say, man, <laughs> I don't want to go in that route. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. So. No, but it's, it's, it's so beautiful. I mean, I hearing these stories of Grandmaster Elio, it, it, It reinforces what I've always believed. When people ask me, you know, how long have I been training here? And I tell them the amount of time that I've spent. And the one thing that that I, I really emphasize, I'm like, if you really want to grow, listen. Just, you know, listen. Oh, yeah. Because jujitsu, the one thing that I learned, and you mentioned it earlier as far as diet and health, this was the one art when I discovered this art. No, nobody really said anything, but I remember sitting on the mat after training and just being exhausted. And then I would start hearing the conversations. People started talking about their diet and supplements and what they were doing to help better their performance. And I made changes in my life at that moment. I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're right. I, I need to start. If I want to get better, I need to to do these things. And then that moment when you start realizing that whenever I have a question about a technique or a question about something that's going on with my jujitsu most of the time the answer i get has nothing to do with my actual physical problem it's more <laughs> of a psychological emotional john jock would feed me just a little bit something that i needed to hear yeah, yeah and to know that that's something that he probably subconsciously has picked up through, from his instructors and then to hear that from you from the source This is why it's so important that we continue to preserve this because, you know, going back to the loyalty thing, it's, it's, I mean, I understand that people, everybody trains different ways. They have different challenges in their life. So they might have to go jump in military people or that's unfortunate for them. They go to a city, they train for a while, and then they leave and go somewhere else. They have no choice. But if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have somebody like a, Like a father figure that you can lean on and somebody who's basically like Grandmaster Elio put their neck or put their head in the fire. Like everything that they're sharing with you is based on their life experience. I, I don't think there's anything more beautiful to attach yourself to. Oh, yeah. And to help. That's to me, that's what makes a master teacher as opposed to just a teacher. Yes, you know? yes. And, and also, the thing is, uh, when you talk and mention Jean-Jacques about this, we reach a certain level in jiu-jitsu that's pretty much a lifetime jiu-jitsu, that you start to understand jiu-jitsu in many aspects, that you like, okay, you watch the, you look at this technique, you know right away if it works or don't work. Oh, yeah, work if the guy is sleeping or work if the guy don't do anything, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, or how counter this technique or how to make it better your submission, your control. We got this knowledge after so much time on the mat that when I see uh, how people come and show me something, one student or other or, or uh, instructor for um, other place, That's when I feel that, oh, this time I have in jiu-jitsu is really put me in a, in a level that I can. You, you see what they don't see. Yes, exactly that, you know. So that's, that's something that really comes to my mind often. So is, is there any particular story you can share that you, you have with Helio Gracie? Also... Is there any phrase or anything that he said that you carry on with you until today's time? Well, I have, I have several 
uh, stories. I have a, uh, um, I have even an episode that he said, "I'm gonna kick your ass," <laughs> <laughs> and I say, "Come on, professor, <laughs> you know, move it out." It's like, "Oh my God, no, please, no," you know. And uh, I have other episodes that, like, one thing it was kind of characteristic of Eli Gracie with my relationship with him is uh, sometimes he get mad, and then later on he say, oh, you want to come for lunch? You know? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> oh, he's going to cook and do the whole thing, you know? And uh, and uh, so that, that was something pretty good. And, and uh, one... Important aspect is the one I told you guys that he told me. This is sticking my mind. I learned with a white belt. I can learn with a white belt today, you know. So that's something that stick on my mind. And uh, um, uh, many different aspects. I, I, you know, there is things and, and that I you you have such a an opportunity and 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 learn from the best people. Jiu Jitsu is. Also, that I know you're still very close with Hickson. Is that any particular story with Hickson? And also, something that Hickson said to you that also you stick with you? Because oh yeah, you know the, the, it's funny because everybody knows Jiu-Jitsu, but the way they, they translate to us, each one put their own flavor into. Yes, yes. And to me, I never met anybody who knows more Jiu-Jitsu than Hickson. Yes. In our time. We know it, it was incredible. And the knowledge that he has, it's something that I don't know anybody. Today, he, today he said, I remember learning from him. He never called invisible jiu-jitsu, but was already invisible yeah, 30 that something time. years yeah. ago. Yeah. Then today when he said that, and like, man. He used use already. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's, it's something interesting because he, Today, uh, when I see Hickson, I see a man that is deeply studied jiu-jitsu, deeply studied jiu-jitsu. So he is getting, of course, he's not the, the athlete he was before, but the knowledge grows a lot. And, and no matter what kind of jiu-jitsu practice or whatever, uh, this is what we're talking about. Oh, you, you reach certain level that you look and you say, okay, this work doesn't work, you know, or things like that. So today he is a very much uh, a jiu-jitsu uh, uh, thinker. So he get the techniques he watch, he progressing on and he looking into that and this invisible jiu-jitsu that he decided to release you know, it's incredible. It's right there. You know, it's, 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 it's real. So it, 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 even like he reached an age that he's not a fighter, he's not a, a competitor anymore. So he's a guy that pursue, on my view, the best knowledge in jiu-jitsu. You know, it's, it's like he, I, I'm trying to follow and looking, and, and if I have a question, sometimes I reach him and say, hey, this or that, but is a very deep studying jiu-jitsu. So, and one 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 thing that just want to say quick, Jean Jacques, that one episode that I also was kind of funny. Hickson was a purple belt, all right, and uh, he lives on a Helio Gracie house with together with the Helson, all right, and Helson and me, we were very good friends. I still am, but he's not so. <laughs> but that's okay you know in the time it come for necessity I, I'm there but the, anyways uh, we they all travel and me and Hessel we stay behind also oh go, going to stay on the apartment alone oh that's great so I use Hickson room I, I slept there in the night but they come back early so when I got out of the room he was right there at the door He's like, you know, I'm going to beat you up now. <laughs> uh, I never forgot that. Say, look, calm down. 
Helson authorized me to stay here and I was going to walk away. <laughs> you know? So at that time he was already really good. And 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 one experience he had that was kind of similar to mine. We reached that level, but we reached that level with such a good instruction and such a solid jujitsu that we were like the nightmare for the for the higher belts. All right. So there was many, like I say, one thing I was doing good is to get into visitors. No matter what belt they come in, and Helio uh, or Hicks, they're always putting me there. Hey, go, go with this guy here. Go. Yeah, and I, I'll do the job, you know? So The gatekeeper, that's what we call that. A gatekeeper the is gatekeeper. great, Jay, that's great. <laughs> what jiu-jitsu represents to you? What does jiu-jitsu mean to you? Oh, it's my lifestyle, huh? He gave me a lifestyle, healthy lifestyle, and, and a, a lifestyle where now I can influence other people's lives. And that's what I tell my instructors, my sons, all these people that are connected to us. We have a big influence in people's life. You know, today by teaching them jiu-jitsu, which is a martial art that gives you confidence. There is no other martial art like this. When you train karate or Muay Thai or Taekwondo, it's always a way, and you cannot be real. But Jiu-Jitsu can be real. You can lie. Yeah. It's like, you know, there is no lie there. You're going to train? Okay, let's go to train. Well, what know? I, and what I think... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. No, I was just going to say the other thing that I love because I've studied, I, I have a couple of black belts, other martial arts, and, and there's merit and value to all the different martial arts that are taught by quality instructors. But the one thing about jujitsu that I've just, it still grabs me is 95% of any other style you study, my defense involves you getting hurt. Yeah, there's, that's there's, that's the problem. It's escalation. I have to es if we're going to escalate, I have to be ready and but my my defense is going to hurt you. Yeah. But jujitsu gives you the power to de-escalate. Emotionally, you can talk talk a person out of the aggression. Yeah. Or or you can of course go the other way, but I love that it gives you that power. The oh, confidence yeah. and the power to hey, we don't need to do this. It won't end well if we do. But I love that it gives you, to me, that's real power. Real power is having it and not, not needing to use it. Yeah, confidence. That's what jiu-jitsu gives you a lot, you know? Because when I talk about these martial arts that strike and kick, like you say, all the martial arts have that value. But the problem is for you to train at full force, yes. like we do in jiu-jitsu, yes. is very difficult. Absolutely. You know? So someone is going to get really hurt. Yes. And, and and on that confidence, one of the things I remember Uncle Hilo said was, I believe so much on my defense. And if I'm going to train with you, you're not going to get me. There's one thing left. I'm going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's then, for then sure. And when he said that one day, it's like, that's the mentality I go when I train. Oh, yeah. I said, okay, this guy's not going to get me. I'm going to get him. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about forty something years ago. He said that. It's like, man, that was how I uh, I share this story with a lot of people. How I got my brown belt. Um, I came in one night and uh, it, I, like just training like normal. I was a little tired, and then um, John Jack said, "Okay, now it's time to free train." And like a black belt, I don't remember who it was. A black belt like ran over to me, said, "Hey Jay, let's train." Okay, and. Just he was all over me, did not tap me. And then round is over and I want to get some water. And then like, hey Jay, let's go. And it was another black belt. And then like oh. another black belt, another brown belt. And I'm like, What's I, happening here? Yeah, I'm like, am I in trouble? You know, what what what's going on here? They all basically dominated me, but nobody submitted me. So finally, like seven, eight rounds later, I was I just like, I gotta get water. And John's like, oh, it's time. And he gives this speech, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, oh. And he pulls out a brown belt and he goes, Jay, I was so tired. I'm like, there's another Jay in here. Who is this? <laughs> and then he's holding the, he's like, no, you. And, and, and I was, I was so shocked. And then I, you know, I let it process a little bit. And then after class, I went up to him and I just like 
thank you, sir. I, oh, that's I, great. But then he told me, he goes, Jay, he goes, it was your defense. He goes, I sent all those guys after you. I wanted to see. What you do. Yeah. And that's, that's what he great. goes. He goes, your defense got you your brown belt. So I just, I'll never forget that. I think you it's, see, that's great. That's great. It, it gives you confidence and also give you the the confirmation that oh, I'm learning. I'm getting better, and and I'm getting into a point where pretty soon I can go even with these guys. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So do, yeah, this is this is great. Do you also think that a lot of a lot of things that we heard on our beginning of jiu-jitsu life makes more sense today? I think we're kind of a young in jiu-jitsu to understand some of the sayings Uncle Hilo had and even Hickson in early days. Start making more sense now to us. Because uh -oh. one of the things I remember is the idea of jiu-jitsu is we can teach anyone how to fight. That's no big deal. That's the mechanic. But not many people can teach jiu-jitsu to change the person's life. And that's the jiu-jitsu we learn. Oh, yeah. That's the generation that I'm saying. It's a gold generation. Oh, yeah. How many people that learn jiu-jitsu in a way they can apply on their everyday life? Yes, yes. That, that's, that, that's a great point for sure. And that's the easy question. Everyone, it's easy. Who is Carlos Henrique Elias, Master oh. Kaiki? Who is that gentleman? You know, I... I found myself to be a person, like I say, with the confidence, integrity, uh, loyalty, and very, very, uh, like, uh, keep it going. I don't give up. It's uh, something that I'm proud of myself. I, I, I don't give up until I say, okay, I win or... I lost. If I lost, I'm going to study how to win. There we go, if sure. I win, I'm going to be proud of myself and keep my humble uh, behavior and keep it going. So that's some qualities that I have that I'm really proud of myself, you know. And, and everything I've been doing here on the U.S. based in jiu-jitsu, uh, Based on the mentality that I say before, I was able to combine the integrity of jiu-jitsu with my business, which make me happy about it. You know, uh, it, it's not something uh, that we selling belts. We create good students. That's what we want. We want people with the knowledge. I want people to reach a higher belt like you, Jay, a black belt, you only gonna feel some hard time with a brown, purple belt if these guys are extraordinary ability, you know? So otherwise, you are confident, you know your level is above that. So that's what, what I am. I, you know, I became a, a father early and uh, I... People say I'm a good father. I, I I think I am, but I make a little couple mistakes, you know, like everybody else. But the, that's how I am. I, I'm, I'm a person that don't like to give up on anything I do. And I'm loyal. I'm, I have good integrity and, and good strength, too. So I can tell that, too, from, as everyone knows, Kaique has a lot of schools, affiliation schools around. America, around the world. And the amazing thing is everyone that I had a chance to talk to from your organization, they have such a respect and feel very proud to be part of your organization. And that means a lot, the result of the impact you pass on to all these people. Also, Kaique is one of the few that had a chance to to be with the first generation of jiu-jitsu, the second generation of jiu-jitsu, learn jiu-jitsu from the source. Someone had continued spread the art of jiu-jitsu, not just the mechanic of jiu-jitsu. And you are the, one of the few that had the privilege and being very lucky to grow up in jiu-jitsu with what we have the best out there in the family. Once again, congratulations. 
uh, as a being grandfather. Oh, I think thank it's, you, uh, thank you, John It's an amazing challenge in life. Um, by knowing both of your kids, you're pretty, you're pretty damn good dad. I know because I speak to your sons and they only have incredible things to say about you. And uh, Kaique, please do continue to spread the art of jiu-jitsu like Phil can do today. Thank you very much for yeah, being here you. today. It was an honor for me to have you sit in this chair and uh, share with us so many things that, and so many more things that we're going to do it again. And uh, once again, thank you very much. Thank uh, you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's an honor for me, John Jack, to be here with you. You know how much I admire you and the things you've been done also for jiu-jitsu and for your life, the person you are. So, Jay... I even wrote about you online. I remember. Thank you. <laughs> That's honored. great. Very honored. You see, and 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 and, and I, I'm 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 kind of uh, with a loss, but I and I have so much respect for the connection you and Jean Jacques have because um, I don't know too many people that were given their coral belts by Master Hicks, and and that's just yeah. you know and, that's and, a testament right there. And you know one thing, uh, just uh, to, so we can. Uh, and uh, uh, is uh, one aspect of jiu-jitsu that call my attention is how the student core you have is reflects of what the instructor is. So we all kind of learn, and and today we are the instructors. So our school is pretty much reflects what we are. If you are this kind of man, you see people that pretty similar to you around, you know? When I see you with the John Jackie, Jay, it's exactly how I see a student from John Jackie. Oh, yeah, that's going to be it's, someone with we, integrity, someone with strength, someone with the honor, you We see a lot of that know? when they go to those big tournaments. Yeah. We no, can't tell when we meet people where they school, which schools they come from. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's incredible. It's incredible. You can see right away, you yeah, know? And, and hey. another thing incredible is every time I text Kaiki, and it's, it's so great because uh, it's always say, Master Kaiki, strength and honor. In every message that yeah. I get from him, I put the signature. There we go. I put the signature. All the messages there. I have, it's Kaiki strengthen on. <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. It was a honor for me today. Thank you. Yeah. I have a great time, and thanks so much. Stay tuned for another no gi required. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I'm gonna stay tuned to listen all these podcasts you guys put it on because this is great, great way to go. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, guys.